0: Good evening, and welcome to Northminster. I'm grieving that we can't be together this evening in the columbarium to enjoy water and wine and one another's company. I know that we've just been together over Zoom, but you know that's just not the same. There's something about being present together, but I am mindful that this is Monday Thursday. This is the service where we tell the story about Jesus and his friends together at the last meal before the crucifixion. And it's at that meal that he gave us the commandment and the story that more than geography and more than proximity would come to define us as a people and as a tradition. And that's that we love one another as Christ loved us. So it's my prayer that we can ground ourselves more fully in that story, in that commandment, and feel closer to one another through this service so that we have the strength to face the story that has to come and the lives that we have to lead in these difficult days. Welcome to Northminster, I'm glad you're here.
1: reading from John 13. It was before the feast of Passover, and Jesus realized that the hour had come for him to pass from this world to Abba God. He had always loved his own in this world, but now he showed how perfect this love was. The accuser had already convinced Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus, So during supper, Jesus rose from the table, took off his clothes and wrapped a towel around his waist. He knew that God had put all things into his own hands, that he had come from God and was returning to God. He then poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel that was around his waist. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said, Rabbi, you're not going to wash my feet, are you? Jesus answered, You don't realize what I'm doing right now, but later you'll understand. Peter replied, You'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Then, Rabbi, not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus said, Any who have taken a bath are clean all over and only need to wash their feet. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For Jesus knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, Jesus put his clothes back on and returned to the table. He said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and sovereign, and rightly for so I am. If I then, your teacher and sovereign, have washed your feet, you should wash each other's feet. I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. The truth of the matter is no subordinate is greater than the superior. No messenger outranks the sender. Once you know all these things, you'll be blessed if you put them into practice. Then Jesus said, Now is the chosen one glorified and God is glorified as well. If God has been glorified, God will in turn glorify the chosen one and will do so very soon. My little children, I won't be with you much longer. You'll look for me, but what I said to the temple authorities, I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. And you're to love one another the way I have loved you. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, that you truly love one another. This is one of our most sacred stories. Thanks be to God.
0: This story is powerful. Year after year, we tell it again right here near the heart of our most sacred story. It is the primer, the lens through which we are to see the cycle of tales we've deemed the cornerstone of our faith. Our hero, God-made flesh, the king of the cosmos, stripping off his modest robes tying a towel around his waist and choosing the form of a servant, washing the feet of his friends. We live in a culture that, for whatever egoic reason, likes to paint God in full glory atop an inaccessible throne in a faraway heaven or floating sternly on a cloud above Roman chapels. But here, at the base of it all, is this story. Here is God, not on top of some ladder, but outside mowing a neighbor's lawn, out delivering groceries to those who can't get out, spending hours on the phone with his friends, reminding them they're not alone, risking everything to show up and take care of the sick when he knows it might cost him his life. Here, it turns out, In this humble, self emptying love is the glory of God. I give you a new commandment, Jesus teaches, the smell of dirty water still on his fingers. Love one another. This is the commandment that should, more than anything else, more than any prayers we pray, or music we sing, or language we use for God, define us as followers of Jesus. This is how all will know you're my disciples, he says. Mandi, mandatum, the mandate, the commandment, love one another. But there's a problem. There's a problem in the source code of this story as we often want to tell it. There's a distortion which left unacknowledged runs the risk of corrupting the entire thing. Many of us hear this story and understandably we walk away with the commandment, love one another. And that's admirable, but here's the thing. We are not a people shaped by commandments. We are a people shaped by stories. And shaped by grace. Commandments open us up to all manner of guilt and shame. They take our minds to places like better than, worse than, judgment of, disappointment in ourselves and others. Commandments, as Paul implied, can quench the spirit of love faster than almost anything else. So please hear me. This is not about the commandment. It's about the story. It's about what came before the commandment. These words were not spoken from some podium, from atop a mountain, or in a best-selling book. They were offered by a man with a towel around his waist, surrounded by his friends. It's about what came after the commandment Love one another the way I have loved you. The first step, the essential crucial, necessary step that we, like Peter, too often are too proud or guilty or whatever to take is accepting the fact that you are loved. Unconditionally, without qualification, whether you think you deserve it or not, No matter what you've done or how dirty your feet are, Jesus does not give a damn. You are loved just as you are. But it's as Jesus said to Peter, if you can't accept this love from me, if you can't see yourself just for a second through my eyes and experience this love firsthand, how could you ever hope to extend it to another? Or as the great theologian RuPaul would later paraphrase, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? In 1997, at the 24th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards, one of my heroes, Fred Rogers, was being presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Tim Robbins called him up on stage and introduced him with very kind words, and he gave him his award. And then the time came for Mr. Rogers to give his thank you speech. And he quipped, it's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. And there were some chuckles. But then, as much the real Mr. Rogers on the set as off, he said this, to a room full of Hollywood elites. So many people have helped me come here to this night. Some of you are here, some far away, some in heaven. All of us have special ones who loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds To think of the people who have helped you become who you are. Those who cared about you and wanted what was best for you. Ten seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. And then they said, an entire theater sitting in silence. And as the seconds ticked by, they started to realize he was serious. They were, just for a moment, children again in his neighborhood. And they did as he asked. Some bowed their heads as if they were praying, calling faces to mind. And some began to wipe warm tears away as they remembered those who loved them into being. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Whomever you've been thinking about, Mr. Rogers concluded, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they have made. Who has loved you into being? Who has looked at you? through the eyes of grace and given you the space to become. Who has loved you and washed your feet? Can you just for a moment see yourself as the child that they saw? Sometimes scared, yes, sometimes hurt, but never any less worthy of love. Never any less worthy of being embraced and kissed and helped and having their feet washed. As you have been loved, go and love one another. And then they'll know we're his disciples, now more than ever. Amen. People of God, find the love within yourself and let go of everything else. Over the next three days of betrayal, pain, and death, as everything else is stripped away, it will be the only thing we have left. And it's there that we're gonna learn that it's enough. You are seen and you are loved. Go in peace.
2: for giving generation upon generation of children confidence in themselves, for being their friend, for telling them again and again and again that they are special and that they have worth. It is my honor on behalf of everyone here and on behalf of the millions of children whose mornings you have brightened with your kindness to present you with this Lifetime Achievement Award. It's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. Uh, So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here. Some are far away. Some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. You know, they're the kind of people television does well to offer our world. Special thanks to my family and friends, and to my co-workers in public broadcasting, family communications, and this academy for encouraging me allowing me all these years to be your neighbor. May God be with you.
3: Thank you very much.